Welcome to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. This is Mac. I'm Joe. Uh, we have a wonderful episode for you tonight. We got a huge action-packed episode. Got lots and lots of stuff to go through. Programming note, next week we are going to be off. Next week one of us is going on a little vacation. I'm not going to say which one is going on vacation. Um, but we have more than enough content tonight to give you guys, to tide you guys over. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening as always. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, comment. Um, if you only rate us, obviously if you like us. If you don't like us, don't rate us. Um, <laughs> Lots of good stuff this week, Joe. Um, the Meg chomped its way into theaters. Did you get a chance to see it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm not surprised. Uh, the Meg did do really well in theaters. Did about $44.5 million domestically. Okay. Worldwide, did around $90 million, uh, which is a really good start. Um, it's a high-budgeted film, so it hasn't made all of its money back quite yet. Um, it is m- largely financed by Chinese producers. So they are expecting a big bounce back in China. It does have some Chinese film stars in it. I have not seen it myself. It has a middling uh, rating review score so far. Um, a lot of people have marked uh, that they liked it in IMAX. They, they thought some of the scenes were cool in IMAX. But again, plot-wise, it's probably not going to be... You and I could probably guess what the plot is right now, just kind of <laughs> looking at the trailers. You know, it's about a shark kind of tearing stuff up and... Yeah, that's about it. Um, the other film that had a wide release this week, or semi-wide release, was Black Klansman. Did about $10.5 million uh, just domestically. Uh, the budget for Black Klansman alone was $11 million. So that's, that's, more, crazy. that's more on its way to, to making its money back. I literally just walked out of theater about a couple hours ago or so. I saw it tonight. Uh, truly, truly wonderful film. I would highly, highly recommend it. Uh, Spike Lee is a filmmaker that, you know, you can disagree or, or maybe not enjoy every single particular film he does, um, but he certainly has a lot of his stamps are on the film. Um, there are lots of obviously relevant social issues that are prevalent in the film, uh, but he doesn't beat you over the head with it. He really tells uh, a really interesting, and it's a true story, which makes it kind of all the more remarkable, uh, really enjoyable. I would highly, highly recommend it. I think this is one of those films that's probably going to get stay around in theaters a long time. It's not going to be kind of one of those one or two weekends in and out of the theaters. I think people are going to see it. They're going to tell their friends. Uh, could potentially be an awards contender, so that could keep it longevity. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Overall, this week I was able to get to theater a couple more times. I was able to rewatch Mission Impossible. Um, I did see an IMAX that does make a huge difference in terms of just visually seeing the film. I would recommend Mission Impossible, Fallout, just in general. I know Joe was a little bit mixed on it. Um, I think you would like it in IMAX, Joe. You'd probably appreciate it a little bit more. I enjoyed it. Another film that I, that I checked out was a film called Eighth Grade. It's a very independent film, obviously based on an eighth grader. Uh, it's from writer-director Bo Burnham in his directorial debut. Um, really wonderful independent film. It was a huge hit at Sundance. Um, tells the story of an eighth grader and the adolescent dealings of what that is, the awkwardness, the the puberty, 
I remember when I was in eighth grade, it was a very, very awkward time in my life. Um, so I very much connected to the character. Very much enjoyed it. And then I saw a little film called Christopher Robin. Um, yeah, it was okay. I enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't great. It was okay. Um, I, I, I do want to point out one sure. statistic for you. Please. Um, it got 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And you know a movie that came out that did substantially better but got rated a lot worse? That was like the top Mission movie. Impossible? No. Uh, what? Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom got a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a splat. And yeah. that movie is tearing it up at the box office. It's so over that just a billion goes, dollars at this That point just goes in. to tell you the fickleness of moviegoers sure. and how – because I am really looking forward to seeing Christopher Robin. I haven't seen it yet, as you know. Yeah. Um, still waiting for a couple friends to kind of coordinate with them to see so I can see it. But um, that's a movie that I think I will very much enjoy. Um, I'm not surprised you said it was okay because it doesn't really strike me as the type of movie that like you would eat up or that it would be your favorite type of movie simply because it seems like it doesn't really have like any, any – it doesn't seem like a super emotional movie, does it? I mean, it's it's incredibly emotional, uh, uh, incredibly it? deep, incredibly okay. moving, incredibly profound, um, and I think that so, so was. Um, it goes back to the issue of Disney live action films for me. I think there's, it it, it tells a really well thought out story. It's really gorgeous, and I appreciated what it is, but it it's meant to be. Kids. For kids, and it starts as a kid's story, and then it gets really dark, and you don't see Winnie the Pooh for like an hour. Interesting. Like it's, it really tells the story of Christopher Robin growing up, who's played by E. McGregor, who's great, and his family, um, and then he kind of goes through work, and then you're kind of just like, all right, like this is good acting, it's a good story, but where's Winnie the Pooh? And then he finally gets to it, and then the tone changes. Obviously, it's a very, very simple story. Um, again, I enjoyed the film. I appreciate it for what it was. Um, it just wasn't amazing. It wasn't a top ten film for me. Um, it goes back to the the Disney live action where it's a lot of it's good and it's enjoyable and there's nostalgic moments. Um, and I want to go see these films. I'm excited about these films. But again, they're they're not necessarily huge. They're not winning me over in terms of originality or oh my god, this is amazing. Like, yeah, Beauty and the Beast was really cool to see on the screen because it's these live-action characters, but it didn't really add to the story. Again, for me, The Jungle Book is the one Disney film that really added to the story. Um, If you liked Winnie the Pooh and those characters, I think you'd enjoy it. I think you'd get something out of it. I wouldn't recommend taking a kid to it. Um, It is dark, and some of the reviews have, have said that. It's a darker tone of a film, which I applaud Disney for going for. Um, but I, I do get what you're saying about the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom in that comparison. Um, but, you know, I, that as it may. yeah, I, I, I would recommend it. Um, that's probably a different conversation. Um, but Christopher Robin was okay. It, it, I enjoyed it for what it was. I think I saw it on a random Wednesday night when I had nothing else to do. Um, so for a Wednesday night, it was fine. It was okay. Um, but overall, and I did want to give a quick shout out to Three Below San Jose Theaters. They are fans of the show, fans of us. Um, spoke to a couple people that worked there on Thursday when I went. It's the newly remodeled Camera 3 downtown San Jose, right by school, right by the old San Jose Rep, right by Hoagie's Steakhouse in La Victoria. Two of my favorite restaurants. I love love. love Hoagie's. Uh, (laughs) I live downtown San Jose. I went to Hoagie's 
like twice a week. It was amazing. Shout out to Hoagies. Um, they do they do independent films, so there are some there are some current independent films there. But they also do a lot of special screenings. They do a lot of classic films. This past week, I went to a double screening of a James Bond film. I saw Never Say Never Again and Octopussy. It was really cool. They do that. They do Rocky Horror Picture Show once a month, which is kind of a cult thing. I uh, wanted to give a shout-out to Three Below San Jose. Uh, they're awesome. Go check them out. Go check out the website. Um, they have some really, really cool stuff, especially if you're into watching old films. It's really great to see old films on TV and things like that, but a lot of these films are meant to be seen on the big screen in classic films. Um, and, and it's hard to, to miss, to, you get a very different experience. You get a real experience. So I would highly recommend checking out their website. We, you and I took a field trip this week, Joe. We did. You did. Where'd we go? We went to Heroes, which is a cool place. Big shout out to Heroes. Very cool. Yeah. They, uh, obviously they've been around a while. We bought a couple of comic books and, you know, I went through mine, um, I, what 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 was it? What did you go through? I, what episode okay, was it? It was a Batman comic comic book, and it okay. was called Cold Days Part One. Okay, it was a Batman comic. It was four bucks. It was kind of like Batman. Uh, Bruce Wayne is playing like a juror, and and uh, interesting. He uh, he's he's a juror. On the trial of Mr. Freeze. Oh, wow. That's cool. And the thing is, is Batman put Mr. Freeze in jail, but he may have done so using non-traditional methods. Oh. And so there's there's a little bit of uh, skepticism and a little bit of uh, internal conflict conflict mm-hmm. there between Batman and Bruce Wayne. So I won't I won't spoil it for you. I'm sure you probably is there is there a part two? There's a part two. Are you going to go check it, it out? Says, it says to be continued. You're gonna. You have an interest in this is your first comic. You're interested in finishing the story or mild interest. Mild interest. All right. I mean, to be honest, I mean, do you want my opinion? I, I mean, I want to okay. know what you thought okay. about it. I mean, um, I think comic books. I'm not surprised that you enjoy comic books, and I know a lot of people do enjoy comic books. Um, the closest thing I can compare comic books to is they are. I mean, they are obviously an art form, but they're very much poetry. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of hidden, not necessarily Easter eggs, but the authors and artists do very intentional things with the comics to kind of not mislead you, but to make you think deeper about the stories. Um, It's not as cut and dry as, let's say, reading a novel where all the words are one font and there's a certain number of words on the page. There's no pictures. Um, for instance, um, I don't have a particular page in mind, um, but they would show, you know, they would show multiple camera angles of a particular character zoomed in and different, you know, so you can see the facial expressions. It's very much about nuance. It's okay. very much about very much about subtlety. It's not very direct. It's not color. it's not black and white, obviously. Um, and I'm not surprised that you tend to enjoy it because I know you're I know you're a big fan of poetry. You majored in English, um, but it's not that's not really my area of enjoyment. Okay. Um, it's difficult for me to read a to read poetry. It, it's a it's a different form of reading. If you yes. haven't read it before, you yes. got to get used to it. Got to take a while to get used yes. to it. Um, I get it. You know, I, I probably I didn't think you were probably gonna 
be your funnest assignment I've given you. I, it was good. But, but I appreciated, I appreciated Honestly, you taking the chance. I, I have a joke, and I want to tell it. It was great bathroom reading. That's all I got to say. All right. I wish you didn't tell it. Um, I'll probably edit it out. So if this joke somehow makes it, please message me and let me know that I did not edit it out. Um, I read a, I read a Spider-Man comic. No surprise. It was on the new release page. Uh, it's Spider-Man 1 of the reboot with Miles Morales. It has Aaron Davis, who's Miles Morales' uncle, makes an appearance. Thor makes an appearance. Green Is Goblin he? makes an appearance. Um, Ned makes an appearance in a bonus little comic. Uh, it's Spider-Man Youngblood. Uh, very, very cool. I would recommend it. Uh, Miles Morales, of course, if you don't know, is the rebirth of Spider-Man. Um, Miles Morales was created in around 2008 or so uh, with the rise of Barack Obama, uh, with the rise of they changed Donald Glover, voiced him in the series, who of course wanted to play Aaron Davis in, the, in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Miles Morales will, of course, be featured in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I know we're both looking forward to. Yep. Um, I would recommend Spider-Man Youngblood. Uh, it's the first first episode. Um, there's tons of Miles Morales content out there. Enjoyed it. Uh, we enjoyed, I think we both enjoyed Going to Heroes, at yeah. least. It's a really yeah. cool kind of historical landmark it is. place. It is. Um, and no disrespect to anybody who yeah, yeah. reads comic books or anything like that. I just, it's just different. It's, it is. It's it different. Is, it's, Some it's, people it's have different, different things, and, and that's different. okay. Uh, but we did want to plug Heroes and, and say, go out to Heroes, check it out. They have lots of great stuff, lots of cool stuff. Yeah. They have all different types of comics. We just went over Marvel, DC, but they have Star Wars stuff. They have movie posters. They have classic comics. All good stuff. Um, so definitely go check out Heroes and Campbell. It's a really, really cool place. They're fans of the show. Um, and yeah, awesome place. We also brought a book to share, yep. Joe. Some recommendations. Go ahead and give me your book, Joe. Uh, well, why don't you go ahead first? Can I go ahead first? Yeah, go ahead first. We have, sure. We'll change it up. We'll change up the sure. order. I have a Star Wars anthology book. Um, it's called Aftermath Empire's End by Chuck Wendig. I read this book a while ago. It's kind of extended lore of Star Wars. It, it tells a story of a couple of TIE fighters uh, in the Resistance. It's really, really cool. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, it goes back to kind of the Episode 4, Episode 5 setting within the Star Wars extended lore universe. I don't know if that means it's canon now, uh, simply because Disney has disavowed a lot of the extended lore. But it's I enjoyed it. It's, it's Again, it's like a comic book. It's kind of like a an acquired taste um, so uh, I haven't read a ton of Star Wars Extended Lore. This book was recommended to me. I enjoyed it tremendously. Again, that's Star Wars. It's Aftermath Empire's End by Chuck Wendig. Okay. Do you got something, Jim? I do. Cool. Um, I have a little bit of a different book. Um, I know fam- as uh, proponents of Fanboy Planet, we tend to look at superheroes and whatnot. But I have an interesting book that I'd like to recommend that uh, for those of you who – it's a short book. It's not very long um, and it's it's a very easy read. It's called Tuesdays with Maury by sure. Mitch Album. Um, have you read it? Uh, I think I read it in college or high school. Okay. Or, yeah, yeah I, I, I read it in high school too. But honestly, I didn't appreciate it as much Probably as – Probably makes sense. We went to the same high school. Uh, yeah, but I appreciate it much more now than I ever did in high school. It's, a, it's honestly a timeless classic about – the great conundrum, the great human conundrum, and that is that we're all eventually going to die someday, not to be morbid, but we're not going to be around and there's going to be people who are come after us and they're going to live lives. And, you know, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting story about 
And it's based on, and it is a true story. It's about how the author met, re, re kind of connected with his college professor and who's dying of a uh, fatal illness and just his attitudes and, you know, uh, opinions about life and his personality and how he views the world as he's suffering is really a touching story. And just to put it in perspective, I've, I've looked in many book reviews online on amazon.com. It's the only book that I've seen to this day that has a five-star rating, full five-star rating. Awesome. So and that's, and it has over 3000 reviews mm-hmm. and they're all, and I mean the, the, it, there's, it's not like it's four and a half. It's totally five right. stars. Cool. I've seen plenty of books that are four and a half stars. You know, you get some dissenters, some people who don't like it. It's, it's, it's been translated in multiple languages. It's been sold around the world. Correct it's, me if I'm wrong, Joe. The author is Mitch Hurwitz. Is that Mitch right? Mitch Album. Mitch Album. I know it was something. Mitch Hurwitz Sorry. is rest of it. Mitch Album. He's a sports writer he's, from Boston, right? He was a sports writer from Boston. Nice. Yeah. And who, uh, you know, ended up, like I said, reconnecting with his old college professor from a small college. And he ended up doing um, some interviews with him. Um, and you can see some YouTube videos of the actual character that, that they refer to. I have watched a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of interesting to hear that actually the, the old, older gentleman who passed away his, 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 you know, him talking, you can actually see him and put word, put a awesome. face to the words, That's cool. but yeah, just a very interesting book. I mean, I know it's kind of off the cuff. It's, it's a little bit off the beaten it's a good path, book. It's a good book. but it's, it's, classic. But it's, yeah, like I said, it's in an age where we watch a lot of Marvel films that kind of, you know, they kind of paint a rosy picture about how, you know, superheroes never, uh, you know, they never get hurt, they never die, and that's not necessarily true. So it's kind of, yeah. sometimes it's kind of nice to kind of read a book that brings it all back. Awesome. Thank you for that, Joe. I yeah. appreciate that. Um, so those are our book recommendations. We also threw in a comic recommendation. We'll do we'll do maybe a comic recommendation once every couple of months or so. We'll do a book recommendation next month as well. But again, as always, let us know what you guys are reading. Let us know what you guys are into. If there's a comic you have picked up, let us know. We'll check that out. Yep. A couple of little tidbits of news, Joe, before we get into the main stuff. So this is stuff I didn't really prepare you for. I'm just going to put this stuff fine. down. Um, so we're going to kind of just blow through this real quick. If you Go have ahead. a reaction, give it to Go me. Ahead. If not, not Move a big on. deal. Uh, Marvel has announced in celebration of their 10-year anniversary, they are going to re-release all all 20 of their films in IMAX starting on August 30th through September 6th. Okay, so this is a multi-day thing. Yes. I heard about this and I was like, are they doing all this in one day? Because that would be insane. So they're doing <laughs> the first five days, they're releasing four films a day. Four uh, films four a films day? Four films a day. They're only going to show the films once, so it'll go like they'll go in order of the twenty films. I understand that, but yeah. so you're watching four films in a row in a day. In a day, wow. Um, well, it, but you buy individual tickets for a different true, ones. But that's eight hours straight. I mean, it's probably more than more that, than that. Right? Ten yeah. hours straight. Um, and then the last, I was averaging. The last three days are apparently voted on uh, based on popularity or based on by the fans of, of fans they want to rewatch. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean. Would you buy? Would you buy tickets? Well, I mean, I, I would buy tickets I could to see, maybe one or two. Yeah, of the films. I could see you doing that. I certainly wouldn't buy tickets. I wouldn't. You know, I'm not gonna. I, I own most of the videos. That's um, true. You know, some they they're gonna re-release. Some of the films have not been released in IMAX before, like the original Iron Man, Captain America, the first, the very first three or four films. 
have never been released in IMAX before. You know, so to go and see something like the original Iron Man in IMAX would be cool. Yeah. Uh, depending on what it is and things like that. I probably wouldn't go see something recent like Black Panther or Thor Ragnarok just because I've just seen those, especially in IMAX or Infinity War. Uh, maybe if there was, you know, on a day or something where I can go see one of those films, um, you know, I'd go check it out. Um, but that's kind of cool. Some people might enjoy that. Go check it out. Uh, it doesn't start till August 30th. So when, when details get closer, I'll, I'll be able to get you guys some more details. Gal Gadot, who of course is known as Wonder Woman, has revealed she has a voice part in Ralph Breaks the Internet, Wreck-It Ralph 2. Take that for yeah. what it is. Uh, Ruby Rose, who has been seen, who was seen this week in The Meg. She's also been in John Wick 2. She's also been in Orange is the New Black. She will be Batwoman. On CW, a new DC show based on the character. It'll be the fifth, I think it'll be the sixth character, uh, sixth DC show on television on CW. So we've talked a little bit about the failure of DC as a film franchise, as a film studio, but we did talk about how they've been extremely successful in their TV uh, series, um, you know, with Flash, Arrow. Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Black Lightning, all have done really, really well. She's going to make her premiere in December um, in the crossover event, so she'll be with all the other characters. We are already told that Batman will not be a part of the series. Batman is not apparently not allowed by the <laughs> studio execs above. Take that for what it is. DC has also announced the plans that they are in development of a Supergirl film. That does not surprise me, simply because Wonder Woman is still by far and away their most popular character. So they are probably tapping into that marketplace. No other news about that. Uh, Some sad, maybe disappointing news. Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth have both exited the upcoming Star Trek film number four. I don't remember Chris Hemsworth even. Chris Hemsworth was was in in the the, the the very first one. He was a small cameo. It was like a five-minute role. Yeah, so he was in the very first Star Trek. Um, and they were going to do the, t- the story was going to be based on time travel. So he was going to go back and forth and see his father or something I like that. See. I um, see. I, again, I don't know much specifics. Um, when the original contracts were signed with Chris Pine, they, you know, were three deal films. So film number four, you got to renegotiate. Well, that sucks. Uh, Star Trek Beyond as, uh, as I think you and I both really enjoyed Star Trek it Beyond. Great. It did not make that much money it did not turn that much of a profit for the studio so they had to kind of renegotiate and kind of you look at budgetary constrictions and chris pine according to reports has said i'm not really going to take a pay cut um so we'll see you know this puts the star trek future in limbo are they going to recast you know that would be kind of weak for me um you know more on this as it develops i thought that was interesting you guys should know about that also campbell con it's basically Campbell's Comic-Con has announced the date. It's going to be October 20th of this year. It's on a Saturday. It's one day only. It's at West Valley College. There's going to be a bunch of exhibitors, a bunch of comics, uh, some panels, some cosplay, some things. I will be making an appearance for sure. I will do my best to drag Joe out there maybe for an hour or two just to check it out because he hasn't been to a con. Um, yes. did go to school at West Valley. Though. You did go to school at West Valley. There are, again, we've talked about these monster cons like San Diego Comic-Con and D23 and WonderCon and things like that. But it's also important to go out to your local cons and support those and check those out. Um, so what is it, that? It's October 20th, Saturday, oh, so October 20th. It's a little bit ways away. Um, it's a one-day-only type of event. 
Hopefully um, the weather is good. Yeah, so, you know, that's the news for that. Shout out to Campbell Khan. Um, we had one new trailer drop this week. It's a film that opens up in early November. It is a holiday film, to say the least. Disney's Nutcracker and the Four Realms. It's the second trailer. Joe, on a scale of 1 to 10, how not excited are you to see this? Well, you have to, again, you got to, okay, so, so since I was confused last time by the sure. trailing, so are we, are we doing one, I'm not interested at all? Ten? One, you're not interested at all. Okay. Because uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a one. Actually... It's about a three. Okay. So, I mean, that's still not great. but Not great. But the only thing that's interesting, I mean, I, I'm actually a sucker for classical music. I enjoy classical music. I enjoyed, I'm not a big fan of plays, as you know, and obviously this is based off of a play. But um, who, I'm trying to remember who's who the actor was. That's uh, Kara Knightley's in it, Her- Helen Mirren, Morgan no, Freeman. Morgan Freeman, yeah. yeah. Morgan Freeman looks like he's playing an interesting role. So, I mean, I might... As a holiday movie, I might check it out, but I mean, honestly, with so many other good movies coming out in December, I might pass on it. Yeah, it comes out and, you know, it's competing, you know, Disney's really competing against itself with Wreck-It Ralph. It's competing against itself with Mary Poppins to 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 early November. Again, early November also sees the release of The Grinch, which is the Illumination film. Um, you know, again, Disney live action, it looks gorgeous. The the trailer looks gorgeous. Yeah, it does. Like the sets look amazing, the costumes look amazing, the production value, Disney spares no cost. Again, I'm just worried about the story, what type of story it is. They previewed this at D twenty three last year. It was kind of a surprise. No one kind of knew what was happening. And we kind of saw the first trailer, and again, I think no one really knew what was happening. And I still don't really know what's happening. Um, but maybe that's the it's vibe. Like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, maybe it's like Alice in Wonderland. Maybe maybe that's the vibe like they're that, going for. You know, it just looks different. It looks unique. Um, so we'll see. You know, everyone knows me. Knows I'm a big Disney person, as I've said every week. So I want to give it a chance and want to want to make it great. Um, but we'll see. Check out the trailer. Let us know what you guys think. It's it's an interesting look. Um, now we got some some major news that we've talked about this week. Major news, relative speaking. Um, some topics. A few weeks ago. But. We did. James Gunn. There's an update for James Gunn. Let me give you the background, Joe, for everyone listening, and then I want to hear your opinion on it, Joe. Um, the cast has publicly signed a letter. They've said they all want James Gunn to be back. Uh, Dave Bautista has gone further, saying if you do not, at the very least, use James Gunn's script, for Guardians 3, which he's already turned in, uh, he is going to ask Disney to release him from the film or recast him. Uh, this is very brave. This is very, you know, solidarity, cool. which is great. Um, right now, James Gunn is currently in exit negotiations with Disney. He is going to get a fat, fat payout. Seven to ten million dollars is the reported amount. He did not breach a contract. Um, you could say, you know... Sending out tweets like that should be a breach of contract. Um, these happened pre-Disney, before he was hired by Disney. So while he was under Disney contract, he did not breach contract. So Disney can't say, oh, we didn't, uh, you know. It's basically their fault for not doing Right. So, you know, say say what it is. Uh, Marvel has now apparently Kevin Feige. Again, Disney fired him. Marvel did not. I think that's a key difference. So while Marvel is owned by Disney, Marvel Studios is still its own property. And they have tried to negotiate a way to get James Gunn back in some capacity. Um, any thoughts, Joe? Right now, it's kind of a developing story, which we all thought was kind of crazy. 
Yeah, and I mean, then it's it's, it's kind of just lived on. It's certainly a very political story. Um, I I have an interesting take on it, and I mean, it is very political. But I mean, I'll, I won't go too deep into it because I don't really want to go off on a political debate. Um, the Dave Batista threat is very interesting to me because it is a threat. He's threatening to not be a part of and. I mean, without naming names, we know people that have stood up against firings. We, you and I both know people. And it usually doesn't bode well unless there's an, an united front. And that's just my opinion. So you think, so, you think if the entire cast did the Dave Batista thing? If the entire cast did Dave Batista thing, then they would be up shit creek. But if it's just Dave Batista, I mean, how much weight does he have? I don't think he has much. Sure. And we already talked about um, the other character not being in the probably probably not going to be in the, uh, the next movie. Uh, Which character are you talking about? But green one. The green one is Gamora. Gamora. Okay. Gamora. She's probably uh, not because she's because of Infinity War. Yeah, because sure. of Infinity War. Um, but that's just my political opinion about it. I mean, I like I said, you and I, we both know people who have stood up against firings in the past. Yeah. Hasn't bode well for them. I mean, they've gone on to have successful careers outside of what they were doing. But it, in, in the initial stages, it doesn't bode well unless there's a united front. Yeah. It's like David versus Goliath, yeah. in my opinion. Absolutely. But, I, that, but I, that's I, just me. No, I don't disagree with you. I mean, at this point, I, I, I still think it's highly unlikely they – Hire him back. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. But I, I do feel like at this point, it's almost. I would be surprised if we see a Guardians three at this point. Oh yeah. You know, I, sorry, I, I, I didn't understand. Were you asking me that question? No, I mean oh, that, okay. that's just my opinion. Okay, yeah. I, I still think it's still slated. They still have it on their release calendar. Yeah. I just think it's unlikely because every time you Probably. know it comes up or during the press tour, ninety nine percent of the questions are going to be about. James Gunn and about yeah. this stuff and, and I think that's just bad publicity. Yeah. So even if they do bring him back again, though all those questions are gonna be about that. Why did Disney bring him back? You know, they film it without him, all the questions are gonna be why they didn't bring him back. Um, and whoever takes over, even if it's a really, really good film, it's a thankless job because everyone knows that everyone in the cast Wants and the James studio Gunn. wanted James Gunn. So exactly. it's like, why is some director, especially if it's an established director. Didn't didn't they already have some guy sign up for it? I thought I saw something. There was um, another one that was interested in it, or another one that was going to get there, assigned. There to might it. have been some people that are interested. I, I haven't I haven't heard a name. So Shoot, so maybe I, that might be something that, that I haven't up. heard. I'm sorry. Uh, no no no. That's something I'll look up. Um, there's an interesting article on FanboyPlanet.com now oh, yeah, about the situation. Article. I didn't write it. Uh, Derek McCaw wrote the article. On fanboy planet about the situation. Oh, about sorry about, 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 about James Gunn. Else. Yeah, yeah, about, about James Gunn. Yeah, yeah. Still, we're still on James sorry. Gunn, right? That's okay. Um, and it's about how other studios are potentially lining up to hire James Gunn. Oh yeah. Potentially including Warner Brothers, of course, which led it. speculation to DC. You know, this would be a huge coup for DC. Basically, if they get James Gunn to come onto one of their properties. Um, and do that, and that would basically be like stealing one of Disney's or Marvel's aces right under their sleeve. Um, Because apparently there's still huge support for James Gunn. It would still be a controversial hiring, I think, but Warner Brothers and DC and other studios look like they're ready to make it 
right away. Yeah. So that's an interesting developing story. He can't negotiate a new contract until his payout is complete with Disney. Uh, but that's a developing story that I think we're going to keep tracking, keep an eye on. Um, let us know what you guys think of the situation. It's a developing story. Again, I, I you know, you and I are on, on the same page in a little bit. I, I just... Without James Gunn, I just don't think they're doing Guardians 3. I don't see the upside for the studio. There's, with all the new characters they have, too, with Marvel... Why risk it? They, they can just do other films. Yeah. Especially with X-Men and Fantastic Four. You don't, you don't, need, that, you don't need that baggage. Um, some other comic book news in terms of a film. Sony has announced that Venom, the release that's coming out in October, led by Tom Hardy, which you've been very excited about because yes. of the trailers, yes. um, have announced that they have, I don't want to say reverse their stance, but they have decided. They did. They did. They, they've decided. They changed. They did a 180. Absolutely. They led everyone to believe it was going to be rated R. And now they're, they are changing their stance. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's, I, I'm glad that you're passionate about it. I am. Because a lot of people feel the same way you do. I agree. Um, they've reversed their rating from an R to a PG-13 yep. to make it family friendly, to make it a potential, hey, we want we want this character to play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We want him to play with Spider-Man. To me, this is a, you know, again, we haven't seen the film, so we don't know. They promoted it at Comic-Con as a very much a R-rated horror film. Mm-hmm. Again, especially with success like Deadpool and Logan, hard R-rated characters. It obviously can sell well. It obviously can do well. Um, to me, this is a huge, you know, it's, it's a blunder yeah. so far. Again, we haven't seen the film, so it all might turn out all wonderful. Um, but Venom is probably one of the most hard characters that Marvel owns overall in terms of a villain. Um, he is definitely not a good guy. He kills people. He ripped people's heads off. He's a bad hombre. He's a bad person. Um, and to me, they could have gone hard R. They could have gone, you know, and just gone all out for it and just made an awesome hardcore film. And I think they're, they're trying to, to pander and to try and tone it down. And to me, there's no reason why you can't make a hard R film. And then if it works all of a sudden, you know, there's no reason why Benham can't make an appearance in another film if it's PG-13. It doesn't have to be exclusively in R-rated films. I think you're going to see a character like Wolverine was in PG-13 films for a lot of the time. He makes the step to make an R film in Logan. It doesn't take away from Logan because he was in PG-13 films. If anything, it just makes a difference. Give me your thought on it. I know you kind of no, are no. upset about it, but, no, that's but fine. do you got anything I, else? I mean, it, yeah, like you, you kind of mentioned some some uh, reasons why um, I agree with you. Um, did we l- learn anything from Deadpool? I mean, the Marvel can make an R-rated superhero. It works. Um, I don't think I, I agree with you and I'm disappointed that they're trying to tie this into a possible future. Worry about what's in front of you. Yeah. Don't put the cart before the horse here. There's no guarantee. There's that, no guarantee that, 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 it's going to be a good movie. There's no guarantee that Marvel Studios even wants Venom yes. in their films. So just make an original R-rated movie. Absolutely. Authentic to the character. You have a wonderful actor. You have a wonderful director. And Ruben Fletcher. You like that word, wonderful. You use it a lot. He's, yeah, I, I think Tom Hardy <laughs> is, is great. Ruben Fletcher is a very independent filmmaker. He's done some wonderful things. I totally agree with you. And I'm, I, thank you for bringing up Deadpool. Uh, again, um, for those of you that don't know, Deadpool is the most successful 
comic book film, Marvel film that 20th Century Fox has ever released. It's made more money than every single X-Men film. I believe it. Which is crazy. Which is, which is disappointing. When you talk about X-Men, X2, X-Men, Days of Future Past. Sad to say. Deadpool has but, made, it's, people yeah. will go see that. You talk about the success of Logan. That was by far and away the most successful Wolverine film. And partly because it was his last film. Hugh Jackman's last film. So you can't really count that out. Okay. You know, that's, that's, that's a big reason as to why. You're probably right. For the lore. But anyway, we're getting off topic. No, no, no. I, I Um. just, I, Sony very much wants to build this universe. We've talked about them wanting to make all these other independent films, but they also want to tie it into Spider-Man. They desperately want Tom Holland to be, kind of playing with these characters and I understand it because Tom Holland is super popular but Tom Holland is super popular because he's in the Marvel films he's not super popular because he's in the Sony films he's popular because you see him with Tony Stark because you see him with Captain America you see him doing all these things in Infinity War um so to you know I I don't know I'm still I still want to see the film I still want to give it a chance um, I think you and I are both on the same boat. It is a little disappointing, though. I feel like they had a it's very disappointing. They had a chance to to do something original and to do something unique and tell the story of this character that is just really such an interesting and in depth character. And they they took the easy way out. They did. Um, so they did. so we'll see. Um, disappointing to say the least. But um, I think a lot of people reading. You know, going on the internet as much as I do and reading comment boards and chat boards, I think you echo what a lot of people are feeling. And, and I think that's, you know, we'll see if they listen, but they've probably made the decision that they, they want to go in this direction. So, so we'll see. Uh, next topic, next issue we're going to address. This is a more of a personal topic for me, not personal topic, but movie pass. This affects you. It, it does affect <laughs> directly. Me. Uh, it affects me. I have canceled my movie pass. Uh, movie pass has been failing. It's been on the decline. Again, we've talked about the business model, how it doesn't really sustain what it is. Um, the release of Mission Impossible Fallout, the day that Mission Impossible Fallout opened. People went onto their MoviePass apps to try and get tickets or look at tickets, and it was blocked out for Mission Impossible. You could not get a ticket for Mission Impossible. And then during the weekend, they had a lot of peak pricing for other films, lots of surcharges, which they didn't advertise before. Christopher Robin opened the following week, and there was still, and that was blocked out. Mission Impossible was still blocked out. I got an email from MoviePass today saying that next week they are just going to add Mission Impossible, so get ready. It's like the third week of release now, so most people have seen it at this point. I've seen it twice, obviously. Uh, MoviePass then recently announced that instead of seeing one film a day for the low price of $10 a month, you can now see three films a day for the low price of $10 a month. So they have over 3 million subscribers. It's not the subscription that they've advertised and that they've touted and that they've been saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to change Um, It just feels like they're losing money and they're doing everything possible to stay afloat. I personally have switched to AMC Stubbs. It's where you get to see three films a week at any AMC location, including IMAX, which is how I saw Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, Again, I'm hardly ever going to see more than or have a desire to see more than three films a week. That's a lot in itself going to theater three times a week. So for me, it works out fine. You can reserve online. You still get concession discounts and all that stuff. Any any interest? Any anything you got to say about it, Joe? Or it's just it's 
you kind of hinted on it when we talked about it before how it was kind of a failing system. Yeah, I mean, and they're just kind of living yeah, off credit, kinda, and eventually you run out of credit. Yeah, I mean, I kind of mentioned this a while ago yeah. when, when you first brought it up. Um, it was it was inevitable, and and they were a revolutionary company. Yeah, but like big business nowadays, it is not the it is not the creators that get banked. They get bank. It is the innovators. Sure. So the innovators are the AMC Stubbs, the Cinemark Rewards, whatever. They just they're they're eating they're eating movie passes lunch right sure. now. Sure. And they couldn't because they because they they had a good idea. They had a great idea. I mean, it was great, but it wasn't sustainable as as right. we mentioned more. Especially than once. as more people. Yes. Bought into it. And because they were like, it was such a really, good deal. Because it was such a good deal. And then they kind of kept saying, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah. We're going to get money off concessions. We're going to, you know, co-finance films. We're going to make all this extra money somehow. And they just never did. Uh, I'm surprised that it's still alive at this point because they've kind of been on life support right for, for a while. <laughs> it just doesn't feel like it's it's going anywhere. Again, I agree with what your point. They've kind of... They invented this idea they of a, the of a they but the they, they're not the yeah. ones that you saw Social Network, right? I did. So you remember that film when Sean Parker, Justin Timberlake is talking to Social Network, one of my top five films of all time. Uh, so I remember almost every scene from it. When he talks, he's the founder of Napster. Yeah, you don't have to And then he's, he's, you know, Andrew Garfield's character is Eduardo Saverin is, is like, didn't, didn't, uh, you know, didn't you, didn't you go bankrupt? Like, didn't you fail? And he's like, yeah, but like, have you ever gone into Tower Records ever again? Like, there's this idea of, yes, this company has failed, but it's also revolutionized. Yes. How this, we're going to see movies. You know, and I think, you know, we talk about bundles and streaming service and all these things. Studios like film theaters like AMC have to find a way to get people back into the theater because ticket prices are exorbitant. They're crazy expensive. People are staying home. DVD releases, Blu-ray releases are coming Two months after a film comes out. Sometimes. Oftentimes, yeah. you know, films are out on Blu-ray and streaming while it's still playing in theaters. Why am I going to go spend $18 on an IMAX screen when I could just wait this to watch it? conflicts what here. you said earlier, though. Sure. You said it conflicts what you said. You were saying how we need to go see movies in the theater. I, I, I believe we need to go yeah. see theaters. I believe we need to go see movies. But, every, but, the, but, the, every, but the, average, the general every, idea yes. is where it's very, you know, it's expensive. It's expensive to go to it theaters. Is. It's not it cheap. No. You know, and you know, especially when you're dropping. Go to know. Costco, guys. Honestly, get movie tickets at Costco. It's so cheap. Yeah, you can buy two tickets for like fifteen dollars at Costco or whatever it is. Two tickets for twelve. I don't know, my friend. Or you can just get AMC A list. That's true. You know, if there's five weeks in a month, you can see fifteen films and you can repeat films again. Fifteen films is a lot of films. You're not going to go see that. Many, but again, it's I can just go see whatever I want. I can go see an IMAX. I can reserve online. Um, especially, this is going to help me because I, I love movies. I'm a movie buff. In November, December, October, when we get tons of wide releases, especially with Oscar films and all that stuff coming out, I love going to all those films. It, you know, so for me, it's going to be a good. You know, Movie Pass had its time in the sun. Um, but I think it's dead. Great creators. So, like you said, revolutionized. You have an interest in uh, ever picking up an AMC Stubbs list, or because again, if you go to the theaters yes. twice a month, you're still you're over you're paying more than you would than what you're getting for the maybe 
maybe. You know, I mean, it's it's nineteen dollars, so or twenty. It's basically twenty bucks a month. So again, you know, you don't want to put twenty dollars on your credit card a month. I get that, you know, but it's like Netflix, right? Like you eventually use it out or something like that. So again, for me, like I saw three films this week, or I saw two films this week. I'll probably see three films this week, and it lets me go see films like. Uh, coming up like crazy rich or like eighth grade or like there's a film coming up called crazy rich Asians, which is something if that I wouldn't go see necessarily or something like the Meg. If I have a random afternoon off and I want mindless entertainment, I can go do that because I have AMC sublist versus like, I'm not going to go pay $12 to see that. Like that's, yeah. so that was the same thing you had with movie pass. So. Yeah. I mean, it, but yeah, it, it's anyway. more in the sense of I can do, I can, yeah, you're right. It's it's Movie Pass and AMC are different, but they both had their pluses and negatives. But because Movie Pass is done, yep. AMC Stubless is going to be that that option for me. Let us know if anyone else still has a Movie Pass out there. Let us know if you can actually go see Mission Impossible, or were they just uh, just teasing you? Um, it'd be interesting to see what films they have and what films they don't. Um, this next topic is Very a topic that I topic. think you're going to just go off Very on. interesting topic. Um, Very the interesting. Oscars, the Academy, have announced they are adding a popular film category. This was apparently at the behest of ABC, which produces the Oscars on television. This is partly due to uh, basically declining viewership in the Oscars on a annual year. Basically, viewership has gone down on a pretty consistent basis. It's still very much watched, but it's not, you know, it used to be like the Super Bowl, right? You kind of had to watch the Oscars. Now it's kind of just not like that anymore. Like for example, for me, I DVR it. And then I just fast forward and I basically like a half hour show for me. But on average, they said that the show has been around averaging around four hours. Like who has time to watch a four hour show? Like that's insane. Some people don't watch baseball, but that's a different topic. Yeah, it's a different topic. Um, shout out to Barry Bonds, best player of all time. <laughs> Good God, don't you ever say that. Um, okay. <laughs> With an asterisk, maybe. Sure. Anyway. Okay. Anyways, um, to me, this feels, and I'm going to get your, your take in a second, Sorry. Joe. Okay. To me, this feels very much like it's pandering to younger audiences. Okay. And it's a little disrespectful to younger audiences, it almost feels disrespectful to you. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's someone like, you know, we're going to add a category of films that people actually go see, but don't worry, it's not actually the best picture. These are the best pictures. So it's like a film like, I don't know, say Black Panther wins the popular film category award. Are people going to say, oh, it's, it's not a good film. It's just a popular film. What constitutes a popular film? Is it box office? You could be a garbage film, but you can make a boatload of money. Like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Sure. Does, yeah. Does, <laughs> I mean, if that wins an Oscar, I mean, that, it's that, does that qualify for a black popular film? Give me, give me your take, Joe, um, before I stumble over my no, words No, it's okay. More. You're very passionate about this topic, and I agree with you. I think it's silly. Um, I have a couple of points that I wanted to make. About this, when is the best picture not the most popular film? So that led me to do a little bit of research, and I came, I stumbled across a New York Times article that was written in March of this year. I don't, I don't remember the author, and if, it, and if I, and so I apologize for that. But it, 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 it tracks the top box office movies and the best picture winners since 2004. Uh-huh. 
and it and it found that in the last thirty years, only very, only very few movies have won Best Picture and topped the box office. There sure. were four movies. One of them was Titanic. That's an easy one. That was right? an easy one. Avatar didn't win. Um, I, I don't remember the other ones. I, I apologize, but it was they're the last. They're older films, right? They like were Gone older with films. the Wind or something like that. No, well, no, no, no. Only in the last 30, thirty years. Okay. In the last thirty years, only yeah. top. Four, only, you said? only four movies top the box office. I couldn't even tell so, you. So, yeah, I, I mean, you can check out the article if you want. It was in March. I'll leave two. a link to it in the yeah. in the description. Yeah, it for was. You guys. It the, the there's so many po- there's so many movies. Um, what happened? There was there was a change. You know, it it led me to think that there was a change because I remember when Titanic won, and that was an epic movie that everybody wanted to see. So good, you know, and so and good. now. The, uh, and now the best picture is like all these all these niche movies, these right. independent films, these political movies. And I'm not complaining. That, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying that that's the way it is. Yeah. So it makes sense to me why they're doing it. I'm not as appalled as necessarily you are. I'm but, super appalled at this. But but at the same time, I understand that they have, you know, they have to acknowledge all these not not junk movies. Black Panther wasn't a junk movie. All these Marvel movies are not junk movies. But it's a way to kind of acknowledge their success. I guess. I guess. It feels like I the guess. MTV Movie Awards. Like why don't we just <laughs> why don't we just add a best kiss category as well? Like it's it's That's a good point. The Shape of Water won the Oscar last year. It was a wonderful and film. And nobody saw I it. I enjoyed it and no one saw it and I get that. And I, I understand that no one saw it. So it's almost – it's like we're going to have two categories. That's what I'm saying. One is a – one's a category of films that people actually saw. And here's another category <laughs> of people that people didn't actually see. And so or, it's – or, so, or, only, or only like the uh, posh – not posh. That's not the word I'm looking for. It's, it's just a, a different it's, market. It's a different it's, – it's a very much a different market. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's, it's, it feels... Film savants, that's what yeah, I and, and I Yeah, and I, I personally, I mean, you, you seek out a lot of independent films and see, see, like, films like The Darkest Hour, things like that. Like, you yeah, will see, I love that movie. I, I will seek out those films like Shape of Water, Darkest Hour, I, Tanya, I will seek out those films and go see them because I want to give them a chance. Uh, it just feels like it's, it's pandering and it's, it's mm. just unnecessary and it's almost like, you know, this old kind of, you know, it feels like an old white person that's like Easy. in charge of Easy. the Oscars, and it is. Easy. It's this older group, older organization that very much doesn't include young films. Like there was this, you know, everyone remembers, um, you know, Oscar so white trending hashtag a couple years ago because there was any African American film represented. You know, a film like Straight Outta Compton was not represented in the Oscars. Things like that. That's just a very slow to develop market. Uh, you know, there was a. You remember in two thousand eight. So why is this pandering then? If this is if this is giving people because it's not giving it is, genuine. It's giving it like sleight of hand. It's saying it's the back end the compliment. Yeah, it's it's saying hey, you know, you got you guys, you you studios and you films that make all the money for the movie studios. Yeah, that fund all these other projects. We're gonna throw you a bone here. You all the people that go buy popcorn for your movies. We're gonna throw you a bone here. But don't worry, everyone that comes back, the real best picture is coming up later. You know, this is this film is okay. How is it any different than than best animated film? Because it's an animated film. 
What's your well, question? Well, no, my, my, I'm just trying to make. I'm just playing. Do, to, do I I'm feel play devil's advocate? Sure. Do I feel saying, like by saying the best animated film? Some of those films are really good. I absolutely love those. And I feel like Coco but, should have been nominated for an Academy Award right. last year. I, I feel like they're again they're like Toy Story. Uh, Toy Story two, I think, or three, Toy Story three, three, three got nominated for best picture. Did, did. One of them did, but it, again, it's the rare occurrence that that happens, and they have no chance of winning. Yeah, two thousand eight, uh, The Dark Knight came out, which I think a lot of people universally felt and it, was and one, it did, and it did it not get yeah. nominated. Uh, so the following year, the Academy changed their rules, and they said instead of having yeah. five pictures a year, ten. we're going to have up to ten pictures a year because we're going to include a bunch of diverse different films. And that never changed. You just got five more films of the same type of genre. So it's like, why did you change it if you're not going to include these other films? Like a film like Inception didn't get nominated. All these other films that that were, you know, animated films didn't get nominated. Like it was just, why are you doing this? So it's, you know, for me as someone who enjoys both types of films, who will go seek out both types of films, I won't, the same week, I'll go see Mission Impossible in IMAX and eat popcorn and mindlessly enjoy the film and just enjoy the big sense. And then I'll go see a film like black Klansman and seek that out and enjoy it for what it is. It feels, you know, I, I don't think you're going to get more viewers because of this. And I feel like that's what they're going for. Uh, again, it kind of feels like we'll still fast forward through half. Yeah. The and it feels like of the show. Anyway. And all, it almost <laughs> feels like what, what Disney movie is going to win. Is it going to be star Wars or Marvel? Or is it going to be an animation film this year? Like that's what it feels like to me. So, Take it for what it is. I could be totally wrong. I could be no, sounding like sense. a dick right now. No, you're fine. Uh, let me know if I am. That's fine. Let us know what your guys' thoughts are. I'm obviously a little bit passionate about it because I love film. I love cinema. Um, it just feels very pandering to me. Uh, but that's my thoughts on that. You good? You want to move on? Yeah, that was it. Just we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll plug that article in there. Yeah, yeah. It was. It very, sounds interesting. It was very interesting. It I'll talks have to about, look it up. You it, said New York Times, right? New York Times. Okay. New York Times, March 2018. I apologize. Okay. Um, if I don't have the authors, no, no, we'll, we'll make sure we get them credit yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, last kind of discussion topic, as it were, it's uh, the Disney streaming service. Bob Iger. This is the article that you. This wrote. is I wrote this Sorry, article. I, that's okay. So I apologize. Sir. Uh, this is an article that's on FanboyPlanet.com. Now go check it out, share it, like it, love it. Um, Bob Iger had a conference call with shareholders this week, earlier this week. It announced some more plans for the Disney streaming service, which, again, they're still targeting a late 2019 release date. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, they've initially announced that pricing will initially be lower than Netflix. Netflix. Makes sense. Um, simply because of original content. Again, that's what a lot of people are, are buying for. They currently have nine movies in production, as it were. Again, production could be various stages of production, where that means filming or writing or pre-production. And they also have a bunch of original shows they've, they've listed. So I'm going to get into the, the what, what I think is going to happen in the streaming service in a minute. But do you have any any of the movies sound cool to you? Any of the shows sound cool to you? Or are you just kind of like another streaming service? Honestly, that's how I feel. Okay. And I mean, like, I, like we mentioned on a previous podcast, I don't remember which one, we were talking about how Disney and all these other, these other streaming services were going to come out with their own. DC is going to have a streaming service. I, I, we will miss the days of Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. I'm telling you, mark my words. A year from now, if we're still doing podcasts, hopefully we still are. I will, I will look back on this and say I told you so. Because as a consumer, I hate this. I hate this. 
because I understand that you can't get every single show on Netflix that you want. I understand that or, or Amazon, right? But having individual movie passes is like, it's, 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 it complicates things as a consumer okay. because it means that you have to have multiple streaming services. It's not all in one place. It's not convenient mm-hmm. as a consumer. So I'm not looking forward to this, okay. but that's just me. Was there, were there any, any of the shows or any movies that, that piqued you or were you just um, like, eh? I mean, like, it, like it, if, this, I, if I, I bought it, would she be like, oh, I'll, I'll watch the Star Wars series? Uh, probably not. Okay. I mean, I, you and I both know that I'm not a huge proponent of TV shows. Except um, for Ballers, except which for comes Ballers. on tonight. Yep, we're going to watch it later. Um, oh, we are. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, I've watched maybe one or two at most original Netflix movies. So, And I say that because... The Disney movies aren't going to pique my interest any more than the other ones, but that's okay. just me. I, you know, that's just me. Sure, I, I I'm sure you're I'm, interested. I'm in. in. I'm you're very much in. in. Yeah, uh, I'm still on the fence with like DC and other things like that. Uh, as, as Disney, you are. I, I, I am. I mean, a part of it is they now that they own Fox, they own a controlling stake in Hulu, so they can very much get a lot of the 20th Century Fox assets and put that on Hulu. Disney is still going to be it'll be separate 100% family friendly. Yeah. So all of the assets they bought from Fox like Aliens or Simpsons. Predator, Simpsons, that's all going to stay on Hulu. Family guy. Um which is fine. Um if and if reports are to be believed, they they package this together with like an ESPN Plus and oh, Hulu. Did they? Did they? They, they they've talked about it. They haven't they haven't announced that anything. Like Hulu Again. right now, you can get all the shows on. Like I'm paying basically, you know, two hundred dollars plus a month for cable. Yeah. So if I could get, you know, Disney streaming service with ESPN Plus and with Hulu, plus Netflix plus Amazon Prime, that's all. Oh, that would be less. It would than be. cable. It would be. So streaming, I get that. Um, Disney streaming service. What's what's gonna separate Disney streaming service from Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu? Yeah, it's okay. it's it's the library. No okay. other studio, no other service has the depth and library that Disney has in terms Compared of to Netflix. Really, a lot of that Netflix stuff is going to go off. I see. Like a lot of those classic films are going to go off. Their right. Netflix doesn't own them. You're right. That's why they're creating six billion dollars worth of content in the next year alone. Yeah. Just because they're losing all their licenses. Part of what makes Netflix great right now is you can watch original shows, but you can watch classic shows like The Office or things like that. And you can watch a Star Wars film, Star Wars The Last Jedi, or you can watch a Marvel film. All those Marvel films, they're going to come back to Disney. Disney's going to own them. Uh, all the Star Wars films produced under Disney, Disney's, Disney's going to own them. Uh, classic animation, everything from Snow White to... Uh, Moana, all those things. Disney owns them. They're gonna put their, they're gonna have their own stuff on there. Things like the Mighty Ducks and Angels <laughs> of America. Like how many nostalgic people could just plop Angels in America? Yeah, no, or no, Angels in the Outfield. Angels in the Outfield. I'm sorry, thank you. That's okay. Um, they could just plop down and watch classic films that they watched as a kid, like The Big Green or whatever. I mean, it's <laughs> and you get all those, you know, 20th Century Fox family friendly things, like you know, The Sandlot we talked about. Uh, to me, that's what's going to separate 
Disney from other services. It's it's the wealth of library that they have. You know, watching films like The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. Like, you people could just sit in front of the TV for hours and watch these classic films. That's what's going to separate them from other productions. Netflix can spend all the money they want. They're not going to be able to compete with the historical library that Disney quick, owns. Quick question for sure. you. Do you think Netflix will go under eventually? No, I don't. Uh, I think Netflix will continue to do... Um, I think Amazon Prime is is a contender. Um, to It's going to be hard to compete. You've already had some casualties in terms of streaming service money off the ground. I'm not sure there's a huge market for the DC streaming service. Um, you know, Apple's trying to get into the streaming service game. I think Netflix has created a ton of original content now. Like, there's a lot of Netflix shows that I watch, and I think, again, $6 billion, they obviously have the capital to keep investing, so I don't think they're going under. I think that's a good question. I see. Um, but I think they they realize that this is a Disney streaming service is a massive play, and now that Disney owns a controlling stake in Hulu, what are they going to do with it? Are they going to reformat it? Are they going to put all the 20th Century Fox asset on that? Because that's why we thought they wanted 20th Century Fox for their streaming service. But if their streaming service, Disney, is going to be 100% family-friendly, Aliens is a hugely popular franchise. It's not for me or you, but a lot of people love that stuff. Or Kingsman, or Kick-Ass, or all these other huge things. People want, or Logan, or Deadpool. You're not going to put that on the streaming service, the Disney streaming service. Can you put it on Hulu? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge draw. Uh, it's interesting that they say late 2019, Again, we've talked about this date before. August 2019 is when D23, the expo, is happening. I feel like that's a huge potential launching point for the service where they're doing a lot of promotion for it. That's a big push. They could be doing it for then. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm in. Um, right now, you and I have Netflix and we have Amazon Prime. That's really all we have, um, you know, in our cable package, I have HBO Go and HBO and all that stuff. Um, it adds up. You're you know, right. yeah, it adds up. So in theory, you know, if if we decide, for someone like me, if I decide to get rid of cable, I can I can add on HBO Go for like $5 a month on Amazon Prime. And I can, Cheaper. you know, so yeah, I mean, part of why I keep cable now is for sports. Um, sports is the only thing I watch live. Um, everything else I DVR, I record, things like that. Um, if I could get a bundle package of Hulu, which has all the TV shows, plus the Disney streaming service, plus ESPN+, Plus, I'd cut cable in a second because uh, it's going to be cheaper. Um, but again, do they if they pair it together with ESPN+, Plus, you know, that's, that's still to be determined. Uh, so we'll see. It's an interesting thing. The original shows, I mean, yeah, I'm, the movies don't really sound interesting to me. I mean, Sword in the Stone, I mean, I guess I'll see it. Um, but the shows, again, uh, the John Favreau Star Wars show, they've talked about it's, you know, $100 million for 10 episodes. Um, it's basically like a Game of Thrones budget, like kind of over the top. It looks like they're sparing no expense. This feels like it's going to be the star vehicle of the series, the Muppet series. Everyone knows how much I love the Muppets. I want to see the Muppets. Monsters, Inc., how much I love Monsters, Inc. They're talking about doing a Pixar series on that. So, I mean, I'm in. Um, interesting stuff. I, yeah. Check out the article on fanboyplanet.com. There's uh, a little bit more details on that. Anything else 
On that, nope. Joe, you're good to go? Good to go. So this is going to be part uh, two of... What's you good? I was just going to say last topic. Here last topic? Part two of three of our Southern California adventure, uh, which is going to be a theme park adventure. Last week we did Disney California where we ranked all of our – we ranked 12 experiences in Disney California. This week, this week, excuse me, we are ranking Universal Studios in Hollywood. We're going to do rides and experiences. Uh, we're going to rank from 12 to 1. Um, these are the top 12 experiences that I selected. So if we're missing one, we're missing a show. Apologies. These are just the ones that, that I ranked. Again, some of these Joe or I haven't done or experienced. So some of it is based on experience. Some of it is based on expectation or, or excitement level. Yeah. Anticipation. Thank you. Um, so we're going to do that next week. We will finish this or the week after, excuse me, we'll finish this with Disneyland. Uh, right before we go to Disneyland, that'll be a larger one, obviously, simply because of the size and scope. Universal Studios is a very much a smaller theme park experience, but it's still very much an enjoyable theme park experience. Um, let's go simply like last week. Let's go with three at a time. So, Joe, why don't you give me 12, 11, and 10? Uh, DreamWorks Theater, 12. Really? That's yes. your last one. Okay. Well... Okay, I'll, I'll put never mind. I changed that. Part. No, it doesn't change it. It's no, no, fine no, 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 no. You're right. I'll put Flight of the Hippogriff. I don't even know what it is. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Like you describe it as a mini roller coaster, but I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I have no idea what it was. I had it much higher, but you told me it's like a kid's ride. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, if it's a kid's ride, I'm going to put it dead last. Okay. Flight of the Hippogriff at 12. Flight of the Hippogriff at 12, DreamWorks Theater at number 11, and Universal City Walk. Universal City. Yeah. Universal City. University is- City. Universal City. Universal City, sorry. That's okay. That's um, number 10. Yeah, so those, those are like... Those are your bottoms. Yeah, those are my bottoms. The least interested I am. I mean, the, the, the obviously, I mean, I'm not really interested in the kids' ride. DreamWorks Theater was okay. We saw the Shrek 4D. It's different now, though, right? Because they, they've re, they renovated it's, it. It is, but isn't it like the same thing? Isn't it going to be a 4D thing? I, I would assume so. But, okay. I mean, they, they built the whole new theater. They renovated. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, that's fine. Nothing, Universal, nothing, nothing Universal, wrong with your Universal theater. City. I mean, the City Walk. I mean, I prefer Downtown Disney. Sure. And I love Downtown Disney. At least downtown Disney's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, you okay. can't really compete with that. But Sure. Anyway. That, those, I will those, give you... Those are my three. That's fine. That's fair. I think you and I are similar on two of them. Um, I put Fly the Hippogriff as number 12. Um, it's It's... It the ride's literally fifteen seconds. Um, you know, you and I can walk on. If we can walk on, we'll just walk on and do it. Mm-hmm. The best part about the ride is is the walkthrough. It's the queue. You get to see Hagrid's house. You get to see a full size hippogriff when you're on the ride. There's kind of a cool part when you're riding up the roller coaster. You get to see more of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter from like a different view. Um, but it's literally a ten second ride. It's there's not much to it. So that's kind of twelve for me. I wouldn't wait more than five minutes for it. Um, but if you go early in the morning, you can probably just walk on. Uh, number 11 for me, and this is going to surprise you. You're probably going to dislike no, me for this. Jurassic Park? Uh, no, it's going to be Revenge of the Mummy. Okay. Um, yeah. It's a roller coaster, and I don't dislike it because it's a roller coaster. I I love the Mummy, the films. Um, the, the ride doesn't really feel Joy anything. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't feel anything like the Mummy. Like, you, you're in the track... And then, yes, the first tableau where you're in, it's kind of cool, and you kind of get to see things. Uh, like the mummy, like you're in the mummy's cave. 
or whatever it is, the mummies, whatever it's, I don't know what it's, it is. You know what I'm saying. Um, and then it's like, then you just go, then you're on a dark roller coaster and you don't see anything. And it's like, okay, that the theming is just weird. But you yeah. go forwards and you go backwards and then it's like, okay. Um, so the, again, the best part about it is the queue. It's the outside. It's, yeah. it's, those details are cool. When you're inside the ride, it's like, all right, like it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, so that's my number 11. Makes sense. Um, not that I hate it. There's just a lot more experiences that I like. Um, I put Universal CD as number 10. I think it is probably a little bit less than Downtown Disney. Downtown Disney probably has a little bit more to offer in terms of its um, food options and things like that and different things to do. But Universal City, I enjoy walking around Universal City. The cinemas in Universal City are really, really cool. They're really, really nice. There's a bowling alley in Universal City. Um, there is some cool restaurants. There's some cool shopping experience. It's a cool place to kind of be around, especially on a weekend night. People go to Universal City just to kind of hang out. So I like Universal City. There's just more experiences on here that I like. Yeah. So go ahead and give me your nine, eight, and seven, Joe. Okay. Well, give me. Uh, I, I might stumble through this because I had to change mine at the last minute. It's all right. Um, I got uh, number nine. I put the Simpsons ride. Okay. The okay. Simpsons ride. You went on the Simpsons ride. I right? did go on okay. the Simpsons ride, but you're just sitting there, and it's just it. Per- it's literally like a motion. It's literally like a Simpsons version of Star Tours. Okay. Not that interesting. I mean, the rides. I'll be honest. The rides in Universal Studios are kind of they're kind of tepid. Okay. They're kind of moderate. They're not like you know full on heavy roller coasters, and neither and neither are ones at Disneyland. But they just they, they aren't as good. I feel like. I mean, obviously okay. the queue's pretty cool for that as well. Yeah. But, you know, I went on it once. I, I'm not super excited to go on it again. I mean, I will go on it again. But I remember, the line, again. I remember the line being very long. Sure. And, um, but that was number nine. Okay. Number eight, uh, similar to that, is the Despicable Me ride. Um, okay. I put that as number eight. And then number seven, I put Waterworld, okay. the, uh, the show. Yeah. Because... Um, I mean, you see it once, it doesn't really change the next time. It's kind of the same thing. Um, Hopefully it doesn't change for the actors' parts, but yes. Well, I just mean, like, you can sit in different places, obviously, and you may or may not get wet. But, I mean, like, once you do it once, like, it was fun, I'll do it again when you go. you're right. You're absolutely right. It's not like you get a different experience or you can notice different details. It's pretty much the same thing I saw when we went five years ago. Um, but that's okay. that's mine. Cool. Go, go ahead. No, 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 that's good. Um, we're a little similar on some of these. Uh, Waterworld, I put as my number nine. Um, I didn't put um, the special effects show or the animal show on this list. Um, Waterworld is by far and away the more popular of the shows that they offer in terms of the, the three shows that they offer. I enjoy the show very much. Again, having it number nine doesn't mean I, I dislike it. It just means there's other experiences I like in front of it. Uh, last time I was there, I spent the full day there and like a long day and night. And I actually saw it at night for the first time. Interesting. And that was a, a unique experience to see it at night. Obviously a little bit darker, a little bit dimmer to see it with the pyrotechnics and things like that. Uh, it's an enjoyable experience. You can sit in the splash zone and get, get wet if you want to see the middle of the day. Um, I enjoy it. The stunts are really cool. The pyrotechnics yeah, are really no, cool. Not, not to take anything. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's worth it to go see. We'll probably check it out, you know, maybe, you know, take a break or something like that. 
um, hot day and just kind of sit in the shade and watch it. It's enjoyable. So that's my number nine. My number eight ride is Transformers the Ride 3D. Really? Um, yeah. You I, thought this was awesome again, five yeah, years ago. I, I enjoy the ride. I think there are better things in front of it. Interesting. Um, um, I enjoyed it. It, it tells, I remember it being very cool when we went on. I, I, I like it. loved it. I like it. It's I'm just surprised. There's just more rides that I feel uh, are better. Um, you know, it, it's, it's okay. Um, you're kind of sitting in the, in your, your transport and you're kind of just going, um, it's 3d. So it's a lot of, as universal tends to be 3d, it's kind of in your face and kind of there, you know, it's okay. I enjoy the experience. Um, I wouldn't go all the way down the stairs for the lower lot, you know, just for transformers. Like I'd ride Jurassic park and mummy at the same time, you know, it's okay. Sometimes you get Optimus prime out there. It's cool. Uh, so that's my number eight. My number seven ride, my number seven experience is, this feels this feels low for me. I don't know why I put this this low, but I'm going to stick with it. It's the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Um, it's just just the experience of walking around. Um, and again, I think this is more to do to the fact of how much I like Universal overall, that this is this low. One of the things that separates, that has separated Disney land from universal in general obviously yes the sheer size the sheer number of attractions but it's the theming and the lands and and before universal studios was just like here's a random ride here's a random ride downstairs here's a random ride here's a random ride now with you know wizarding world of harry potter it's you can walk around go to the shops you can go to honeydukes it's there's you can go to three three broomsticks um, yes, the rides. No that's okay. <laughs> People will know what I'm talking about. Um, you can go. Yes, the rides are cool, and we'll get to some of their other rides later. Uh, but just walking around, it's awesome. Like you feel. So why is it so low? I don't know. That makes uh, no sense. Because like, I like. Maybe, I like maybe other because, experiences. Maybe because you're saying it's a place. No, maybe because I've seen it before and it's not new to me. The first time I saw it, the first time I walked through it, I was like. Like, this is amazing. It felt like a Disneyland yeah, area. That's what I'm saying. It's out of place. Um, it's the Universal Studios. Maybe. Um, it's really, really cool. If you're a Harry Potter fan at all, even if you're not, like, a hardcore fan, um, you will enjoy just walking around. Like, it's really cool. Um, there's different bookshops. You can go to Ollivander's and get a wand. They do a wand show. Um, you know, there's just random little shops that just have tons of cool stuff in it. Uh, Honeydukes is a... Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a candy shop, so it's like the candy shop they have in the film. Uh, it's really cool. It's really enjoyable. Um, it's a really cool, cool area, but that's my number seven. Give me your, give me your six, five, and four. Right. We're getting down to the, to the nitty-gritty here. Yep, six, five, and four. I put Revenge of the Mummy, uh, obviously for the same reasons that you did. I mean, it is kind of an interesting ride. It's fun. It's fast-paced, but it's very bizarre. Sure. It's not. It doesn't really fit the uh, the theme, right? The theme at all. Uh, number five, I put the studio tour. Okay. Uh, that's mostly because of the line. The line is usually massive for this. And I remember when we went, we had like a fast pass or whatever it was. And so the were, line passes. Front yeah. of the line passes, so we were able to bypass the line and go straight on. But the line was like sixteen minutes plus, from what I remember. Um, but it's very, very cool. I love that. That's one of my favorite rides like ever is the studio tour. Yeah. Um, number four, put Jurassic Park. Okay. Um, simply because it's, there's not much, there's not much 
to do with the ride. It's very much about the visuals, and obviously it's a water ride, but there's not much to it. Um, there's obviously the great scenery and all that, but it's a very simple ride. You just you I might know. disagree with you on that point, but I'll get to that when I get to mine. Okay, but that's yeah, that's fair enough. No, no, I mean it's very detailed. Yeah, but I mean it's a simple ride. It's just a lot. What ride. about what on the studio tour is your favorite part? Do you remember? There's several different oh, parts. God. Do you have a part? The, the it has to be the earthquake. And, okay, and, and that's very cool. The, the practical effect when that's the that's earthquake cool. and the, uh, the subway breaking down. Yeah, that that's was the, very cool. I remember when I was a kid, I was terrified of that. But now when I'm older, I love it. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm going to go. My number six is the DreamWorks Theater. Uh, part of this is anticipation. I'm excited to see what it is. I liked Shrek 4D, the experience. I thought it was cool. Um, it probably wouldn't be this high on my list if it was just Shrek 4D. But again, it's supposed to be a brand new revolutionary style type theater. Uh, they can do different films in there. They can do different things. Um, I'm excited about seeing it. It's the one new experience that I have not done. Uh, so when I go, that'll be the one new thing that I haven't done for you. Harry Potter will be a new thing for you. But I, I haven't done the DreamWorks Theater, so that's why I'm excited about it. Number five is Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem. I uh, really enjoy this ride, really enjoy the films, so that's probably going to be partially why I have it ranked so high. I think it's a fun experience. It's 3D, but it's not uh, over-the-top 3D. I think Transformers is a lot of over-the-top 3D where it's like, bullets and things like flying at your face like it's going to hurt you or kill you despicable me minion mayhem is very much a fun family type of a ride i enjoy the premise of the ride it's very clever in terms of the story it's not just like hey we're gonna go travel now uh it tells a little story which is really cool which i think is awesome uh number four is the studio tour again for all the reasons that you mentioned it's so unique uh, there is no so many different yeah there's no experience like this at disneyland this is a true no. universal experience because it is a working studio uh disneyland does not have a working studio on their theme park property universal is a working studio so and you can be on your tour bus and you can see you know every time we go on there's you know this tour guide talks about hey this was just filmed here last week or hey we usually go down this street but we can't go down there today because they're filming today or things like that um you know the jaws thing is cool the bates motel thing is cool you know, you talked about the earthquake thing. There's the water thing that comes down, which is really cool. Um, it's such a unique experience. All the tour guides tell a little bit different stories. You get a lot of background. Yeah, you get to see a bunch of different cars from like Fast and the Furious at a time. I have, we haven't seen that, or I haven't seen that. Okay. There's a bunch of random things. that There's a new Fast and the Furious part of the ride. You know, it's all right. It's not really great. Uh, it's kind of like the King Kong thing. Like, I preferred the original king kong part of the ride where, where it was I like do. the animatronic like the real king kong and then like there's like fire and brimstone yeah. going and now it's like the king kong 360 with peter jackson it's not bad but it's like i almost wanted the more practical effect yeah. um but yeah there's and it's universal studios has so much history on the lot so you're kind of driving by and talks about hey this is where they filmed frankenstein or dracula or little things like that like it's just really cool and you get a lot of insight into it. it's not like a ride where you're just like kind of going from place to place like you're getting told all these cool little facts and and nitpicking things so that's why i enjoyed it so that's my number four now we're down to the top three joe i feel like i know where you're going for the last three because yeah. i've been keeping track but give me a three two one three two one three would be transformers 3d ride um i thought it was a cool ride i remember being because it had just come out when we when we when we went on it 
And I thought it was pretty awesome. I did enjoy it. I don't want to sound like I didn't no, enjoy it. It's just, just not just, as high you, for me. You, yeah, you just crushed it. Um, <laughs> just, that's not fair. But okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I remember, I remember going on it with with our with our mutual friend Zach, who's probably listening. We had a great time. It was it was a really cool ride. Um, I like the fact that like when they shoot a fireball at you or whatever, like you feel the heat. Yeah. Like they they blow heat on your legs or whatever, so it feels like it's gonna hit you. Like it was just it was it was it was a very interesting way to incorporate three D in a ride. Like you're actually on like a little track and you're moving around to different places, but they still incorporate three D and the moving seats as well. It was yeah. very much a cool ride. Number two and number one, I'm putting Harry Potter stuff simply because I haven't seen it before. And it's supposed to be absolutely epic from what you've told me, from what other people have told me, my expectations. So I put the Wizarding World of Harry Potter number two, and obviously they'll put the ride number one, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. You told me it's one of the greatest rides you've ever been on. I take your word for it. Um, Hopefully it doesn't disappoint. (laughs) Now you make me feel bad. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go number three for me is Jurassic Park. Um, It's Yes, it's a little nostalgic. Uh, I think for both of us, it, it's an awesome ride. Uh, not because it's necessarily a water ride for me. Um, it's it's the longest serving ride in Universal Studios now. That's true. Um, it very much feels like a throwback. A lot of the new stuff they have is obviously 3D or things like that. Everything here is animatronic, so it feels yeah. like the first film. It was a lot of animatronic stuff. Uh, it kind of feels like the first film where you're taking the tour yep. and you kind of get to see all the dinosaurs. At first, you see kind of the the non-meat eater, the vegan dinosaurs, whatever you want to call it, the, the herbivores. That, that's a better better word for it. I don't know what to say. Vegan. vegan. <laughs> I don't know. They weren't going to eat you. Um, and, they, and you're just kind of... <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, and you're just going around and it's cool. And there's lots of little different things that you can see, little Easter eggs throughout the ride that are kind of there. And then, you know, spoiler alert, you kind of take a tour, you take a little detour, um, and then you kind of go up the up into the, the control room and you see velociraptors and they kind of pop out at you. The awesome, you know, the dress, the T-Rex that comes down, like, and it's right in front of you, like, it's a full size, like, half of a T-Rex that's coming out. It's really cool. Um, but there's lots of little Easter eggs throughout, like, there's little Barbasol cans throughout, which, of course, is a reference to the first film. There's the Mickey Mouse ears. And there, there's it's little really cool things. I am sadly sad to see it go, but I hope they keep the I hope they keep it a water ride. I don't know how they they couldn't I have to keep it in that way some sort. Of, so I hope they keep some of the same stuff intact. Um, but I'm very excited to ride it one last time. Yeah, me too. Um, and I'm very sad to see it go. So I am very happy that we're going when we're going. Um, you know, it's always great to go to Southern California and do these things, but uh, to go at this time to ride it for one last time, I'm very happy about that uh number two is da, 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 simpsons ride oh, i have it all the way up there usually high um i enjoy the simpsons very much i enjoy all the little knickknacks about um the simpsons and, and springfield and all those things springfield is very different now joe than when you were there when you were there they basically just had built uh the ride now springfield around the ride is all kind of set up and it's all new so there's like a duff beer bar there's like a most oh, like chicken, an actual bar, like an actual bar. Because uh, they just had like a, they just had like memorabilia. Yeah. Like so standards. now there's like a, a whole full bar in there. Um, it, it's really cool. Uh, the ride itself is cool. It's unique. It's a unique type of a ride. It's not 3D. 
Um, you know, I enjoyed it for what it is. I think it's a cool premise of the ride with Krusty coming back. Krusty the Clown. I thought it was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, number one, no surprise, it's going to be Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. Again, I think the ride, it's not going to be, it might not be your favorite ride of all time, but the technology in the ride, the storytelling of the don't ride. Don't ruin it for me. I'm not going to ruin it for okay, you. Don't ruin it for me. Um, don't spoil it. It's awesome. You, there are several different, it's not 3D, so you're basically kind of in a harness. Your legs are dangling. You're going through the castle, basically. Um, there are there are moments where you're watching something, and there are moments where you get animatronics. Um, it's very, very cool. It seems, it's like a hybrid type of a ride. It's a, it feels like a long ride. It's encompassing. It it's goes fast. It goes slow. Um, it's really cool. The queue is awesome because you're walking through the castle. Right, like you, you stop, and part of the the walkthrough is you stop in Dumbledore's office, and you see Dumbledore as a projection. Um, if you ever remember the movies, you remember the part where the staircases change, and the staircases change in front of you. Uh, you remember seeing the parts where the portraits talk to you, and the portraits are talking to each other. You see that when you're walking through. You get to see that. You get to see the Sorting Hat kind of before, when you're walking through. You get to see. Where the, uh, what am I trying to look for? Where they're, they're planting, I forget the character's name, but you're in the garden where the plants are talking to you because they're magical. Like the whole experience is just awesome. Again, the ride itself, it might not be your favorite, it might not even be your favorite ride at Universal, uh, but the experience of it is awesome. Very much like Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah, like. I mean, it's so cool. Like the in depth details of it and the ride technology itself is awesome. Like you're not just sitting there stationary kind of having it come up like you're traveling like it's like you're flying because that's what it is you're with harry on your broomstick and you are flying like that's what it is harry and ron and hermione are helping you go through this journey it's the forbidden journey and you're traveling and you're i'm not going to ruin it or spoil it for you um but you're traveling like you go through all these different things and you know you'll see it when it happens um but it's really really cool um so this has been a little bit long of an episode, guys. But again, this is partly because we're not here next week. Uh, we're so passionate about all these topics. So again, programming note, we are off next week. But we will be back the week after. Uh, I truly hope right you guys... Our trip. Yep. I truly hope you guys have a wonderful two weeks. I uh, hope you guys are having fun, enjoying life, checking out some films, checking out some comics, checking out some books. Let us know what you guys are doing. Let us again. Let us know what you guys think about the show. I've had some tepid interest in people coming on to the show. People have said, "Oh, it'd be cool to come on the show," but I don't know what I what I talk about. Uh, trust me, I will give you guys what to talk about beforehand, so you guys can plan or come on. Even if it's just for a segment, we'd love to have you guys on. Uh, anything to say, to the kids? For you gone for 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 two weeks, Joe? For your out of out of town vacation? Oh, Jeff. you said you weren't gonna drop who's. I leaving. don't care. Doesn't, I'm going out of town this week too, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> no, I don't have anything to say. Just looking forward to our trip. We'll be talking about it. We'll be heavy into it on next Sunday, the yes. following Sunday. Yep. Um, have a great week, guys, and be continue to stay awesome. And we'll talk to you guys later. All Bye. Right. Bye, guys.